Welcome to the Unrestricted Movie Podcast. This is a special episode. Every once in a while, I'm going to do one of these called the Takeover Episode. I'm your host today. My name is Marissa. I'm Josh's wife. Um, I decided to kind of hijack the podcast and just kind of play around with it and have fun. So I've chosen my own movie, and every once in a while, I will do this, and I will have a guest with me to kind of hash out movies I will have my own movie pick that is separate from the list that Josh and Ryan are doing. I hope you enjoy what we have put together. Okay guys, so here I am with my guest today. Her name is Alex. Alex, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Alex. Important things to know about me. I've been friends with Josh and Marissa for probably a year now. I think we hit that year mark this past week, which is pretty exciting. Woo! Let's see. What what kind of things do you want to know? What's your religious background? Since this is a podcast kind of about like, you know, leaving post, post-Mormonism, we'll say. So my religious background's definitely going to be the weirdest out of everybody on here. I actually grew up Lutheran. That is what my mom and my grandma is. So that what? is... That is what I was baptized into at the ripe old age of four months. And then you did not get a choice, <laughs> Alex. No, and then I was confirmed into the religion at 13, which is still not an acceptable age to, to pick a religion. For those of um, our listeners, hopefully we have listeners out there. P.S. If you're listening and you like our podcast, please give us a good rating. Um, we'd love to hear that people are enjoying what we're putting out. For those of our listeners who don't know, like I don't know much about Lutheran, mm-hmm. what does that mean like confirmed into? Does that mean when you like accept your baptism? So con- being confirmed into the religion means I get to take part in communion. So I get to, I got to drink the wine and take the holy bread at 13. Now we know why you were actually confirmed. <laughs> I was, that was the part I was most excited about. It was a really rigorous two years of studying the religion. I had to know all of Martin Lutheran's 138 questions he had about God and religion back and forth in order to get confirmed. And the day that I did, the, my pastor asked all of me and these other eighth graders questions that we had to know in order to prove that we were ready to be confirmed. You know what? <laughs> I actually can get behind that more than, like, eight-year-old Mormon baptisms, though. Yeah. Because as an eight-year-old, I'm pretty sure you have to have, like, if you're over eight, you have to have, like, the discussions. Or maybe you do anyway. I took the discussions even though I was baptized at eight, like, quote-unquote, on time with Mormonism standards. Yeah. What they do is they just teach you, like, the very basic, where at least you had to rigorously go through, like, a two-year study, and you actually understood what you, you know, were going to be actively becoming a part of. Yeah. So that's at least better than the shit that I got. (laughs) It wasn't blind faith. They actually gave us everything, and they had answers to what they believed in. They had answers about, like, abortion and a bunch of, like, controversial things and what their stances were. But as I got along through high school, I was like, Maybe this isn't the religion for me because I was surrounded by a bunch of Mormons. 
and dun, they, dun, dun, <laughs> Utah. And Utah. And they make it seem like being a Mormon's the best thing. It's a life changer. It's going to make your life that much better. Well, and from your perspective, do Mormons look happy? Oh, yeah. They so look happy in their fake lives. And being in a cult, of course you're going to be happy. Fake lives. To my ex-best friend at the time, she kind of started her missionary lessons with me because that's what she wanted to do at a time. Jokes on her, she never became a missionary. And then my best friend, two years ago, she left on her mission. And that's kind of where things get iffy is because COVID happened, so she was able to do virtual lessons. So she was able to teach me on her mission, and I thought that Mormonism was the best shit around. I was, like, feeling it, just being straight up happy. And well, and how special that you got to do that with, like, your bestie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that that would make it way more special than just taking it from young dudes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Even though I did have to do the lessons again. I did them the first round with my best friend and her mission companions. And then they're like, mm, in order for you to be baptized, though, you have to do it with the missionaries in your area. So I did it Oh my again. gosh. <laughs> so it probably has to do with numbers because they didn't convert you, quote yeah. unquote. I bet you anything. I don't know. I was never a missionary. I just hear my husband's funny mission stories. So, so yeah. And then I ended up getting baptized last year in, on Halloween. And it took me a whole four months to figure out it was a peach lift shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little jealous of you, Alex. Oh. 30 years it took me. Well, I was born and raised, though. It's different. But. Yeah. And I think it also helped because I was around Marissa and Josh when they were really starting to be open about their deconstruction. And so they probably helped me realize what a bunch of shit was. I was really, and we were really quiet for like a year. Yeah. It was like an entire year where we just, we didn't tell anybody. Like we only, I don't know how much Josh has really let out on the podcast, but we really only even quote unquote like announced that we weren't going to church anymore because we had family members who kept calling and texting and asking when my oldest daughter who, who turned eight last January or this this January like January of 2021 they kept asking when her baptism was like not hey did Millie want to get baptized Mm -hmm. like there was no there was no consent in their question they Mm -hmm. were just like well when is it because we know she's going to and I kind of ignored the first four or five and then eventually I was like I can't hide this forever Mm -hmm. and so I tried to break it really gently but it didn't it didn't go over well so yeah um it was rough Definitely, especially with how some of your family members work. Some of them still are, actually. Yeah. It's sad. It's been like a year. And it's just kind of a mess, but I'm glad that... I think Marissa and I have helped each other through it. Yeah. For sure. We've just been great. We discovered we have similar mom traumas, so that has definitely helped, too. Yeah. Um, For sure. We have to stick together and bond over trauma. I'm just kidding. We bond over good things, too. Yes. So... Well, thank you for joining me today. I am drinking, let me see here. I'm all about the cheap wine because it all does the same stuff. So I am drinking a white Zinfandel, the cheapest wine there is, Arbor Mist. Um, What are you drinking, Alex? I'm drinking pink lemonade vodka and some Sprite. I made it a little bit too strong, though. (laughs) Too strong? Impossible. Alex, do you want to announce what movie we chose? So we decided to watch The Heat. Yeah. Okay, so I had never seen The Heat. I hadn't either. 
I'm gonna kind of sort of mimic how Ryan does it where he kind of like goes over the movie and we can comment as we go and whatever we feel like. Okay, so the heat was directed by Paul Feig. I hope I'm pronouncing that right because we're I'm not, not as movie good. buffs. Yes, we're not. I mean I really enjoy movies, but I was I was pretty sheltered. So I have not seen half as many as my husband has. Or Ryan. Yeah. Props to you guys. Um he is also known for Zoe the He is also known for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Last Christmas, that one has um, Amelia Clark from yeah, she's the Game elf. of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And then the newest Ghostbusters, which came out, I don't know, I should have written down the year. Is it the one with the all-female cast? Uh-huh. Yeah. I actually really liked that one. Some people didn't, but I am like all about female representation, probably I- because it was stamped out of me for so long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, haven't seen it. I, don't, I can't comment on it. Uh, we'll have to watch it. Yeah. And then he also did Bridesmaids, which you have seen and I have not. Yes. We almost chose that one. Yes. But we decided to do one that neither of us had seen. Mm -hmm. And then he also did 26 episodes of The Office, which he was like the co-executive producer for. Makes sense why there's so many Office cameos in it. No, there totally is. 100%. It was written by Katie Dippold, who she's also written for Parks and Recreation. Love that. Are you an Office fan or are you like only Parks and Rec? I couldn't get into The Office. I like watched three episodes. I was like, this kind of sucks. Okay. I hated the first three episodes. Yeah. And once I got it to episode five, six, Mm -hmm. it like changes or I don't know if my like my brain clicked and I enjoyed it, but it literally took me 10 years to get through five episodes because every time my husband would turn it on, I'd be like, hell no. This is so awful like it was so cringy i wanted to die i've heard you have to make it to season two for it to get good see and i liked most of season one but i had to like get through a substantial portion of the beginning yeah she wrote for parks and recreation she actually wrote for the two it was 2016 i wrote it later the 2016 ghostbusters Mm -hmm. the all-female cast one and haunted mansion the new one Yes, the new one that is coming out mm. I, from what I got. Yeah. Watch, I'll like research it later and be like, oh shit, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stars include in this movie, Sandra Bullock, who plays a character, uh, FBI agent Ashburn, Sarah Ashburn. And then there is Melissa McCarthy, who plays Mullins. Uh, I'm forgetting, Shannon Mullins. Yeah, Shannon. Shannon Mullins. It's it's hard to remember their first names because they usually just go by their, their last. Yeah. Um, and then there's Michael McDonald, who plays Julian, who is like... Oh, is he the... He's the bad guy, right? He's one of the bad guys, yeah. yeah. Fun fact. So, did you listen to the Halloween Kills episode? Yes. Okay. The guy who plays Julian is in Halloween Kills. He's Little John. That's pretty cool. I didn't even... Re- I, like, I watched the whole movie and didn't recognize that until I was putting together the podcast. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Anyhow. So, when the script for The Heat was sent to the director... Paul Feig, it was still called, quote, untitled female buddy cop comedy. Oh, God. Like, it had no name, and it, I, I don't know the story behind how it got its name, but I just thought it was kind of funny how he literally got the script, and it had no, no title. <laughs> so, we're going to kind of copy how Ryan usually does this and kind of go beat by beat. So, we're going to start at the very beginning of the movie, and it starts with special agent Sarah Ashburn, who is a tight-ass federal agent. And what is she doing in the beginning of the show? So basically her and the other FBI people are kind of cracking down on who they suspect might be dealing something. Yep. They search the house for drugs and the drug dogs can't find it. (laughs) 
the stupid drug dogs get me through the whole freaking movie. <laughs> and then they end up finding it because she somehow knows that this is a Victorian or whatever age house it is. That oh, it the, was the Prohibition. The Prohibition The house. Prohibition house where they like Would were hide. hiding alcohol and stuff. And so they had all these like crazy the crevices and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so she finds the secret p- compartment and it has a bunch of guns in it. And she's like, I told y'all and walks out. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think there was drugs under the table, too. Yeah. There's, like, a plate full of, it like, was meat. ribs or something. Yeah. And she's like, oh, a nice, what is that, ribs? And then she reaches under and pulls out this bag of probably weed. It looks, oh, yeah. It looks like weed. And it's been, like, double bagged and dipped in wax. And she turns around and she's like, it might have fooled the loudest mouth breather in the room. And she looks at the dog and the dog's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um. She kind of, like, even though she's really good and thorough, it's really apparent in the intro that even though she's damn skilled, she comes off as kind of... She's very independent. Yeah, and kind of, like, like she rubs the other people wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she's, she's really kind of cocky. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you got, right? Yeah, for sure. She was very self-assured, and she was like, you guys don't think I'm right. I know I'm right. F you. Yeah. Well, and even the FBI agent goes in and he's like, the house is clean. Like, I guess you were wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, they're kind of so bothered with her attitude that they try to prove her wrong sometimes. Oh, for sure. I bet they half-ass their job just to try to, like, make her look bad. Yeah. Which, I mean, it sucks on both of their ends. So she's obviously despised by her fellow agents for her arrogant and condescending attitude. But we really kind of start off with what seems like an innocent Ashburn cuddling her cat in the next scene watching clips from Foul Play and The Matrix Reloaded, who both have albino villains, by the way. Um, Is that a spoiler alert? We'll find out. As well as it cuts to the next clip of Dr. Oz explaining how to perform an emergency tracheotomy. So all of a sudden through it, you hear some voice calling, Pumpkin, here, kitty, kitty. Are you at the neighbors again? And then the cat runs away. (laughs) She opens the door for it and she's like, I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) I have a note. I would borrow the cat, too. It was a very chunky, adorable cat. It's a giant-ass orange cat. Like, and its name is Pumpkin. Like, that's amazing. The only thing that would make it better is if you were eating pumpkin scones while cuddling it. Oh, for sure. And I'm not even a cat person. Drinking a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, see, I'm not. I hate pumpkin pumpkin coffee. This is just a cliche. Oh, (laughs) it is. I hate pumpkin coffee. I'm sorry for all my listeners who love it. Go drink one on, not on me. <laughs> Anyhow, so as she shuts the door, you can hear the neighbor then say, Pumpkin, I told you to stay away from that weird lady. <laughs> and then I just got a kick out of that. Okay, so then we cut to the next scene. Ashburn's at work, and we see Ashburn's boss, who is Hale, played by Demian Bishir. We have no idea. <laughs> I don't, I'm pretty sure I actually like looked up how to say it and put it in my notes so that I would say it hopefully right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So he tells her that he's sending her where? To Boston. Yeah, and she is she excited about this? No. I think she, I think she's okay with Boston because well, so she's excited at the prospect of getting the new promotion. That's her big thing through the movie is she wants to get the stuff up the ladder at FBI, in the FBI. Yep. So Ashburn, or Ashburn's boss, Hale, is being promoted. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to be looking for somebody to fill his spot, and mm-hmm. she wants that spot. Yeah. So 
he kind of says, okay, I'm going to send you to Boston. It's not really a secret that you don't really work and play well with others. Yeah. So you need to show me that you can play well with others yeah. in order for me to refer you for this promotion and or receive it. So she goes to Boston and she's put on a case to get a drug kingpin named Larkin with the promise that she'd be considered as Hale's replacement if she can solve the case while showing her ability to work effectively with others. Mm-hmm. So, we jump to Boston, where we experience Mullins. What do you think about Mullins, Alex? Mullins, she's very, like, I'm gonna get shit done no matter what it takes. And she's very protective of her neighborhood. The first thing you see is her cracking down on this local drug dealer. And there's the prostitute guy, too. Tony Hale, that's the real star of the show, is Tony Hale gets his five-minute scene where he's trying to buy the prostitutes. And she's like, comes over to him. She's like, I'm going to call your wife. No, she does too. Oh yeah. So she comes over and she like leans in his window as he's talking to the prostitute out out the passenger window. Yeah. And she's like, hey, what's up? And he turns around and he's like, oh, I I don't want any drugs. My God. Hey, what's going on here? Okay, I don't want any drugs. All right. Oh, let me see if this will help you. It's a, it's a good thing I didn't get the drugs from you. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? <laughs> that would have been, been crazy. That would have been bad. <laughs> that would have been bad. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that could have gone. That could have gone really bad, huh? And I'm like, wow, you are dumb. You are so dumb. You just gave away that you bought drugs. <laughs> So she asks to see his ID, which he gives her. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what happens next? Um, no. It's been a week. I know. I had to re- I actually had to rewatch it today. Yeah. Because we were supposed to record this a couple days ago and it did not end up working out because I was behind on homework. Um, so what ends up happening is basically she pulls out his wallet and she opens it up and she's like, oh man, this sucks. I was really hoping that you weren't like that asshole who has a wife and kids at home. And he's like, oh, um, come on, man, just like have mercy with me. And talks about how, what is the quote? I think I wrote it down. Oh, so McCarthy ends up getting his phone. She was like, oh, my battery's dead. Can I use your phone? She's like acting super sweet so far. Yeah. Even though she looks like really, really effing scary. Yeah. So what ends up happening is she's like, oh, look, it's a picture of your family. Like, what's what's your wife's name? And he's like, oh, it's, it's Bella. Mm-hmm. And so then she gets his phone. And this is where she becomes more aggressive. She finally gets his phone and she freaking calls his wife. Yeah. What's your wife's name? Her name's Bella. Shut your mouth. Hello? Yeah, who is it? Is this Bella? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, my God. Yes, this is Officer Mullins. I'm here with your husband. God, what are you, Spock? No. No, he's not been in an accident, unfortunately. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I do have him here with a known prostitute. Oh, that's not the first time, huh? Yeah, that's him. He's crying because I'm breaking his fucking hand. Oh, she said do it harder. Oh, Bella. God. Bella. Which, at this point in the movie, I'm like, oh my God, she is so cool. Like, she is so cool. I would, like, if my husband was out buying a prostitute, I would want, I would want to know. Yeah, same. So, after calling his wife and almost, like, breaking his hand... She just had a baby. There's a lot going on down there. I'm not going to touch that. Listen, I love the sound of a guy that after his wife gives him his fifth fucking child complains about her messy vagina. And then you don't want to fucking touch her. Get the fucking car. Unlock the door for you. And then she pulls him through the window Mm -hmm. and literally like arrests him. It's, It's amazing. I was so happy. 
I really just enjoyed that scene. I am a big fan of Tony Hale, though, so he's pretty cool. I enjoy him as an actor. He's a very good character actor. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. So he's Forky in Toy Story 4. <gasps> he is? He is. I had no idea. Um, he is in a series of unfortunate events. He is Jerome Squalor. That's Esme's husband in the what would be the six books episodes. Okay. He also just released his own series with Disney Plus. That's a, uh, a mis- the Mysterious Benedict Society. Oh, I'll have was, to watch that. It was so good. I, I haven't seen it. I love the books, so I went in with really high hopes, and it definitely hit the mark for what I was expecting. Good to know. Good to know. On the way back um, from arresting this prostitute-loving asshole who's cheating on his wife, and apparently it was not his first time. Well, he actually gets away because she, that's when she finds the drug dealer, and she goes on the police chase with him. Yep. And he jumps out the window. Yeah, so she passes a group of African-American young men sitting on a cement wall, and kind of like the head honcho of the group is Terrell Rojas, and he's played by Spoken Reasons, and after realizing that he smoked what is, I'm guessing, very much most likely weed, in front of her, he takes off and she starts chasing him with the car. What is that? I get really car sick. Please, please, oh, please, please. Oh, no, that's terrible. Yeah, you better run. I got him. I got him. Crushing my mom. I hope they fucking rupture. her. Oh, shit. Man, lady, what the hell did you throw at me? A watermelon. Oh, hell no. Nah. See, I told you you was a racist. Yeah, I tried to hit you with my car. What's that make? About, like, him calling her racist, and she's like, nine out of ten guys that I fuck are <laughs> black, so don't pull that shit with me. <laughs> so... Ashburn's book, like, book-by-book philosophy kind of really clashes with Mullen's rugged and violent style, starting with the fact that on the way back, you know, like you said, she chases down this guy. I don't even know the guy's name. I don't even think it, it gives his name, does it? Tony Hale's character? Yeah, Tony no. Hale's character takes off, running handcuffed. Bella, I'm sorry! <laughs> like, you piece of shit. <laughs> Your wife is going to fuck you up when you get home. Oh, yeah. I would. He's waving at me from the other room. <laughs> Ashburn takes Mullen's spot, and she's trying to crawl out of the police cars. Yeah, because she had to find a new parking spot, and she, for some reason, is like, I'm going to crawl through the window of all these police cars like she fits. Uh-huh. Yep, she finally makes it out the end car, which I think is funny, because I'm like, no police car is going to leave their windows rolled down. Especially in Boston. No, not in Boston. <laughs> like, of all, like, nowhere, but especially not Boston. Well, especially when they're supposed to be, like, in this groungy part of town, too. It's true, yeah. So... Ashburn beats her in, takes her spot, and then goes in and pulls, like, the FBI card and starts interviewing Rojas, Rojas, like, before Mullins is back from lunch. Again, Mullins is McCarthy's character. She interrupts, and it gets really, really ugly. Remember, like, Mullins gets, like, right up in her grill and is like, this is my interrogation, uh, interrogation room. room. And so... Ashburn pulls the federal investigation card, and Mullen ends up speaking with Captain Woods, played by Thomas F. Wilson. Uh, Mullins then starts looking for his balls. There's nothing I could do, Mullins. The FBI has jurisdiction. Maybe they're in here. Oh, come Maybe on. they're in here. No. Would, would no. you stop? They're not in there. Let me what see. is she doing? They're not under there. She's looking for my balls. 
Hey, if anyone's seen the captain's balls, let me know. They're about this big, but a lot tinier. They're like a pea or like a, like a ball bearing. Or like if you've ever seen a mouse ball, about half that size. Incredibly tiny. They're like really, really tiny little girl ball. If little girls had balls. So if you find little tiny girl balls that are so fucking tiny and shriveled up, let me know because I'll put them right back up his scrotum. Yeah, and I, when the first scene happens, McCarthy's just kind of like looking around and Sandra Bullock's like, what is she doing? And the captain's like, she's looking for my balls. Like, like, it's like not a surprise to him <laughs> at all. So obviously it's happened multiple times because... She is a scary motherfucker. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. if Mullen's character was real life and walked in oh, and God. was talking to me that way, I'm I would crying. be like, I... Uh, yeah. <laughs> so eventually, so eventually, after dumping Ashburn's bag out in her like little temper tantrum, <laughs> because she is pissed the FBI is taking over, mm -hmm. what happens is she finds Tic Tacs in her bag and she announces to the entire precinct that she found his balls and chucks them at the captain's head. They bounce off and he just like sits there and does not even flinch. And he, I, I'm pretty sure she like marches out. And he's like, this job is killing me. Let me just straighten it. Shut up. Oh, wait. Hey, hey. Good news. Good news. I found his balls. Yeah, and a clear sack. Enjoy that. Shove those back up there. Cop of the year. Keep it up. This job is destroying me. Yeah, for sure. He's like, I've got gray hairs. I'm not even 40. And he's like, no, I, I think he's like, how old am I? And she's like, 58. And he's like, I'm 43. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if I was Mullen's boss, I would probably also be dying. Oh, I would have to literally dye my hair. Yeah. Because I'd have so many gray hairs. With dumping out her bag, Mullen's is like a sly little thing, and she nabs Ashburn's keys, and so mm -hmm. Ashburn has to go hunt her down at the bar. Mm -hmm. So she reads the Larkin case from the stolen FBI file and kind of tries to insist on helping Ashburn. She is super not thrilled. Yeah, Ashburn tries to call her boss and be like, get this detected off my case. I cannot work with her. Like, she wants him to pull the badge. Yeah. Like, she wants him to pull Mullen's badge. And the Ashburn's boss is like, oh, but I, I thought you could work with people. And, and he tries to spin it like, yeah, you know, you could really use her help because she's... She knows the area. She knows the area. Like, this could be an advantage for you. And basically is like, I'm not helping you. Like you have to work with people or you're not getting this promotion. Yeah. So then she pretends like, oh, it's okay. No need to take her badge. Like, I'll figure out how to work with her, even though he'd already hung up. Yeah. And she goes back and I think Mullins makes her, like, yell out with an echo. Yes, yes. For do sure. you remember that? Yes. Like, I don't remember the quote, but I do remember. <sighs> something along like, I need your help, Mullins, 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 or something right. like that. Like, Ashburn's pissed because she's parked outside where she was going, and mm -hmm. she thought it was because she knew the lead. And they go in to visit someone named Tatiana, who, of course, is Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have a Russian bad guy, <laughs> drug dealer, or something in there, which is a very sad stereotype because Russians are very nice. So they eventually... She kind of shows some of her, like, rugged, angry side, like mm -hmm. Mullins does. Mm -hmm. And Ashburn's trying to sit and talk, like, very civilized with her, and the lady's like not giving her any information. Yeah. So Mullins finally kind of gets a little bit out of her and they get a lead to a man named Hank Lasore, who owns a nightclub and gets basically a new prepaid phone every other week. So yeah. they're having issues tapping his phone. Yeah. 
um, while at the nightclub, Mullen says that Ashburn's going to ruin it for them because she looks like, quote, you're going to set up a table and do their fucking taxes. So she kind of demands that she takes off her jacket, but ends up ripping all of her clothes off. All of her clothes almost. um, And discovers Bullock's spanks underneath. Yeah. Jesus. What are those? What? What are those? Stop. Stop it. So my spanks, they hold everything together. Why? What's going to... Come fucking popping out. Nothing. It just keeps everything where it's supposed to be like in... Shit, like medically? No, no, not medically. Just to... This keeps it right where it's supposed to be. You gotta... You gotta vent that furnace. Okay. That's a lot of compression and heat. It gets plenty of ventilation. Thank you. My hand's a foot off and it's on fire. So they end up successfully bugging the phone. And on their way out of the club, they think that they, like, did this great job. And I think Ashburn's kind of on high. She's like, holy shit, I worked well with somebody. And we bugged what was supposed to be, like, impossible. Yeah. They leave the club. Ashburn and Mullins are confronted by two DEA agents, which I had to look up DEA. I did not know what it stood for. And do you know what it is? I work with the DEA every day. You would think I would know. (laughs) It's it's the Drug Enforcement Administration. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Doctors have what's called the DEA number, so... Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. I mean, it makes sense, though, because they, they probably monitor what they're what they're prescribing and stuff. Yes. So, their names are Craig and Adam. They've been working on the Larkin case for several months and are worried that their case is going to be compromised because of Mullins and Ashburn. Because mm-hmm. they just, like, waltz into this club and pull shit. Yeah. <laughs> Albino jokes, like, chalk balls are used. <laughs> and he's pissed. In real life, it would not be funny if somebody was making fun of an albino in front of me. But I think because it's like on TV and you know it's comical, the way that McCarthy's character says it is hilarious. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I just crack up at almost everything that she says. And there's another fun fact. I, I watched a behind the scenes. I'm starting to feel flushed. I watched a behind the scenes for the show and Sandra Bullock actually says that they kind of played opposite characters of what they actually are. Yeah. So Sandra Bullock is usually the one who swears all the time. Well, yeah. And McCarthy is the total opposite and is like after the scene would cut, she would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Is it, like, is it, is it okay? Like, I'm sorry that I was using language and stuff. And <laughs> Sandra Bullock's like, Fuck me. (laughs) She said that that's like her favorite phrase. Oh my God. There's so many cuts where she's messed up and that's like her go-to swear word. Like that's her go-to what she says, which I thought was hilarious. Okay. So the DEA is super pissed at them, right? There's like a lot of slang going back and forth Mm -hmm. and they're pissed because they think that they're going to ruin, they think they're going to ruin their, uh, all their work that they've done. Yeah. Um, After viewing him on screen, kind of behind the DEA agent's surveillance van, Ashburn discovers that Mullen's brother, Jason, was recently released from prison, having been put there by Mullen's herself. So her brother was doing drugs and dealing. Yeah, he was dealing. And uh, Mullen's wanted to kind of keep him off the streets, keep him good and honest, and so she turned him in. And little did she know that was probably the best thing because what's-his-face, the main bad guy, would come looking for him. Mm -hmm. They figure out that he might be kind of connected to the Larkin organization. Ashburn convinces Mullins to go to her parents' home to ask Jason for information on Larkin. And why was that, like, a scary thing for Mullins? Her family hates her because he turned her in. Mm-hmm. Um, she was kind of, like, exiled a little bit. Oh, yeah. She she got excommunicated. Oh, shit. We took it there, people. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, from yeah, the family. Like, sure. her mom won't even hardly look at her. 
Oh, yeah, but that kind of leads to my favorite scene because they're like, are you a knock? (laughs) That's like the best part ever. So before they go, she finally convinces them to go. Mm -hmm. And so the next morning, Ashburn's making breakfast and then looks up and realizes her front door is ajar. So she discovers that Mullen's looking through her yearbook in the front room. She she has a gun pulled because she's an FBI agent. Oh, yeah. She almost shoots her, and she's, like, pulling on her drapes, and she's like, oh, these are these are those window blankets. <laughs> <laughs> because when they had stopped by her apartment, we kind of skipped over that. Yeah. After visiting Tatiana, she had, like, cardboard boxes and, like, all this shit against the windows. Her fridge or freezer was just all guns and various <sighs> weapons from over the ages. That she, like, orders online. Oh, yeah. Like, she has a grenade that, like ticks sometimes i would not have that shit in my fridge oh god no that sounds like a death <laughs> that sounds like a death wish it literally is she's kind of scary but she's so badass she figures out there's only two teacher signatures in her yearbook and then sees the picture of ashburn with the giant orange cat mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now because one of the teachers just wrote have a good summer like the most generic thing and then the other one was like good work students <laughs> i think it says it gets better or something like this yeah. There was one there where it was just, like, student. Like, the teacher didn't even know her name. Yeah. It, like, no no recollection of who, who it was. Yeah. Which I thought was hilarious. And then she's like, where's your cat? I want to pet it. And she's like, it, it ran away. <laughs> That's when she hugs her. She's like, oh, God, that kind of tears me up. Yeah, it was, um, it was a loss. The cat got one look at your shitty life and said, no fucking thanks, man. I am out of here. She's like, the poor cat realized how bad of a life you had that it chose to go beyond the streets. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. On their arrival to the Mullen home, it becomes apparent that Mullen's parents and two brothers, kind of like how we talked about, harbor like hardcore, deep hatred and resentment for selling her brother out. Yeah. For, for his incarceration. Uh, meanwhile, Ashburn sits and kind of has a riveting conversation with her family. Like, Mullins is like, sit. And she mm-hmm. takes Jason into the kitchen to talk to him. Yeah. And Jason has, like, no hard feelings against his sister. Oh, no. At all. Like, sweetest guy. Yeah. J- Jason definitely knows that Mullins was doing the best for him and was really being a true, caring family member. Mm-hmm. Are you a knock? I'm sorry? Are you a knock? A knock. I, do, a sorry, n- I don't know what that is. A knock. A knock. Am I speaking Japanese? Are you or are you not a knock? Like Johnny Depp in 21 Jump Street. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, a a narc. A knock, yes. Yes, yes. What what was I saying? I was missing the R when you were saying, I heard knock. What are you? What what are you doing here? What are you doing? I'm a federal agent. I'm a special agent. Are you a boy or a girl? It's a fair question. Uh, I'm I'm female. No kidding. All woman. So this was so funny because she's so proper. Like, you know that she's trying so hard. Like, mm-hmm. to know what he's asking. Yeah. But she is definitely not accustomed to, to Bostonian, like, accents. And dialects, yeah. And what's funny is we watched it the first time with the subtitles on, and it's saying knock instead of narc on the subtitles. I didn't even realize that. So it's really, like, do, do the siblings really know what they're saying? Do they know it's narc instead of knock? Or are they just so accustomed to hear knock that they just think it's knock? Well, because after she says, like, oh, narc, and he's like, that's what I fucking said. I yeah. said knock. Yeah. And the brother's like, yeah, he said knock. And he's like, right? Yeah, so. <laughs> so in the kitchen, while the knock conversation is happening, 
Jason admits to Mullins that he was threatened when he was confronted by the drug lords. Yeah, she finds the cigarette burn on him. Yeah, like they like tortured him. There was like five, like five or six cigarette burns where they'd put yeah cigarettes out on his arm. He said like, no, 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 it's okay. Like we're good. I'm not gonna be involved. Again, he doesn't have any hard feelings towards his sister, and he kind of tips her off about the body of a murdered drug dealer named Saul Natal that's hidden in an abandoned car that he had overheard while he was with these, you know, shitty drug people. Yeah. So they find the body, and eventually, with help from the FBI guy named Levy, um, they wreck it, or they can they can kind of track down that the chemicals on the dead victim's shoe lead Ashford and Mullins to um, an abandoned paint factory, along with a very very awkward interaction. And by the way, this Levy, this FBI agent Levy, or maybe he's the Boston cop. I uh, know he's the part of the FBI section of Boston. Oh, okay. Is that what he was? I yeah. missed out on that detail. Yeah. He's played by Marlon Wayans. And boy, is he eye candy. He's pretty good looking. Oof. Oof. That's, they definitely made him into a love interest, but they really didn't go anywhere with it. I mean, it kind of ends with like the prospect of something happening, but I think that's enough because it's more of like a comedy. Yeah, for sure. But I kind of wish, I don't know. There's, there's like a couple like cringy moments. Yeah. So the address to that paint factory, ASCP. Excuse me, Ashburn, um, I was wondering if you would... Oh, uh, nothing personal, but as a rule, I, I make it a point not to date my co-worker. I was wondering if you would not talk to me in that tone. Oh, oh, yes, of course. It's a little different. Of course, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. Why would I? Why would you? I really? wouldn't. We should go to the paint factory. Well, are we clear here? Because I don't. It got real awkward. No, it's between you guys. Good, right? Oh, we're really good. Same page. I don't want any bad. Okay, here we go. Let's go to the paint factory. Doesn't want a date coworker, so for the word. Shut up. Um, after they arrive at the paint factory, they witness a drug dealer being murdered by a member of Larkin's organization. This guy's name is Julian. We kind of talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the two apprehend Julian and end up apprehending Lassoire or something. Lassoire or Lassoire. And they take him back to the precinct to interrogate them regarding Larkin because before they apprehend him, like, they were going to, they found him and they were going to kill him. Oh, yeah. So they kind of didn't have a choice at that point, even if they had wanted to kind of sneak out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashburn asks, asks for patience from Mullins so she can speak with Julian um, to try to get intel. And Mullen said, or we can go in and beat him with the phone book. And that's exactly what she does after two, two seconds about. Literally. So there's another fun fact that I found. Mullen barges in and Ashburn turns and says, you couldn't even wait 10 seconds. And she actually barges in nine seconds after oh my after gosh. Ashburn goes in. So that's kind of, it's kind of a dumb fun fact, but I like it. Kind of funny. Okay. If you enter that room, you could break the bond that we have created. Okay. Just please, please trust me on this one. Okay, do you understand how important this is? Yeah, I do. And you will be patient? I will. Okay. All right. Hello. Coffee? I bring a little more coffee than I probably should. <laughs> I, ah! Where's Larkin? I couldn't wait 10 seconds, 10 seconds! She literally chucks phone book at his head. Oh, yeah. That would hurt. I, mean, I, I didn't even know they made phone books anymore. Well, that was also how long ago? I mean, it's only 2013, 14? I don't know. Hold on. One moment. 2013. So we're eight years. Yeah, but like, I didn't even know they made phone books eight years ago. Oh, I definitely did. I remember them being passed around. (laughs) So 
So they're unable to extract any substantial information regarding Larkin's whereabouts, but Mullins does the bad cop that is fucking hilarious, and she scares the shit. Oh, yeah. She's like, we're going to, I'm going to shoot your penis off. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what am I going to shoot oh you in the God. dick? You said nothing crazy. Turn around. I need you to pass a polygraph. No. You're going to tell me where Larkin is right now. I'm going to kill you and everyone you know. There's a shipment on Wednesday. Where? I, I don't know. I swear, I swear to God, I don't know. Tell her! I swear to Just God. tell her I don't know. Is. Jesus Christ, don't shoot me in the dick. I don't know. It's going to be a Wednesday. That's four shots. Don't take any more shots. Don't shoot my dick off. Oh. Honest to God, I don't know where the shipment is. Don't shoot me in the dick. So, like, literally, he's like, don't shoot my dick. Don't shoot my dick. Hales comes in yeah. and pretty much saves the day. But what he doesn't know is that she, she took, took out all bullet. of her bullets out. Yeah. So she he thought she put one in and was playing Russian roulette. Yeah, for sure. Because they don't really show in the movie her taking the bullet out. I kind of figured because they, she got through so many shots. I'm like, mm, there's not one in there because I feel like she probably knows she'd get in really bad trouble. But he went from like being super cocky to yeah. like freaking terrified in like a second when she pulls the trigger and it clicks and he's like, oh shit, she actually pulled the trigger. Yeah. So DEA is pissed that they compromised their work by bringing in Julian and, and La Soiree. Um, am I saying that right? Well, Soiree is a party in French, so I don't think, I think it's just La Soir. La Soir. By bringing in Julian and La Soir, Mullins makes several more degrading and hilarious comments to the albino man. Poor albino. I know, seriously. They're hilarious, though. He's looking kind of more and more like a, like a sketchy child who very well could be the bad guy here. Do you kind of get that feeling at this point? I definitely think they're pointing that way. I think they're not kind of leaving leaving it up to like it either being like the head of the FBI. Um, that's kind of what my husband was thinking when we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, they definitely did a really good at misdirecting who it actually was. Uh-huh. Agreed. Mullins calls him Snow Cone and then asks him, oh my gosh, you're looking really pale. Like, are you feeling okay? And he yells... <laughs> I have a genetic condition! <laughs> oh. As you were kind of saying, I thought, I, we had, I had watched this with Alex and her husband, Jesse, who was in the Hangover episode, mm-hmm. and I really did think it was the boss at this point. I thought it was Hale. I, I wasn't really set. I was kind of thinking, like, maybe because he was acting pretty sketchy, but I didn't really have any inkling that it was anybody that we had seen. I thought it was going to be somebody, like, completely new. And See, and I think I figured that there would be a mole. I just wasn't... I was like, oh, I bet you anything it's Hale because, I don't know, he's oh, leaving, yeah. you know? He's being put up in the company. Yeah. Anyhow, so Hale, her boss, warns Ashburn to stand down. And seeing how Ashburn's feeling down, Mullins takes Ashburn to spend the evening at a bar, bonding over several rounds of drinks. Too many rounds. Like, they have so many shots in that scene that I'm like, I would not be standing. Oh, yeah, because she pours the two shots in the one big glass, and then it she does three. might three. I think three was the second time, but maybe it was the first time. And so she did six shots, at least, in the first, like, three minutes of being at the bar. Truth. And then they're like shown drinking more shots and like drinking beer and just living life and partying. It's totally truth. It like made me sick watching it. Before they get really crazy, there's another awkward scene. There had been an awkward scene with them walking down the street and some guy is like, Mullins, it's been a while. And it's obvious that they had hooked up and he wants to get back together. Mm-hmm. And there's another scene in the bar where there's another guy that Mullins has slept with wanting to get back together. Oh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? I haven't heard from you. 
No. Yeah, you haven't. Well, I mean, did I do something wrong or... Okay, here we go. It's not you, it's me. Uh, I'm still working on myself, so I can't be a part of two until I'm a better one. Okay, don't, you don't uh, to Wait, do I still, my favorite's coming. Oh, you make me want to be a better woman. Okay, you know what? I thought we had a good time. We did have a lot of fun. Now we're going to move on. All right. All right. Cool. Yes. Hey, hey, no hard feelings, right? Okay. Okay. Okay, hit it. Hit it. Okay, okay. Bye. I know how else to say it. Pretty clear. That's why you don't, you don't feed strays. So, this is like the biggest fun fact. I had no idea about this because I think a big portion of Melissa McCarthy's movies are R. Yeah. Because she's just so hilarious. Yeah. Like, PG-13 does not get it for her. Oh, for sure. This is actually Melissa McCarthy's real husband. Did you know that? I did not. It doesn't surprise me, though. It's hilarious. So, his name is Ben Falcone, and McCarthy has been married to her husband and frequented collaborator Ben Falcone since, like, 2005, but they've actually been together for 27 years. That's pretty amazing. Which, to me, is, like, I love seeing that. Yeah. I love seeing that. Like, you don't often get people who've been married for almost 30 years in Hollywood. Oh, for sure. They're always, like, getting married, getting divorced. Custody battles. Yeah. So they apparently first met when they were part of an improv class at the Groundlings Theater in Los Angeles in 1998. I was seven years old. I was not born. Oh my God, I feel old. (laughs) I was born in 99. (laughs) That's so crazy. You were still a teeny tiny little egg. I wasn't even an idea. Well, I wasn't an accident yet. Ooh, accidents. I have stories about that. Anyhow, they've been together ever since. That's really cool. Yeah, so they've actually done, they've appeared in several movies and shows together, including The Nines, Pretty Ugly People, Bridesmaids, which you, I know that you've seen, mm-hmm. Identity Thief, which I want to see desperately. I want to see that too. We're going to have to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Tammy, Life of the Party, The Happy Time Murders, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Super Intelligence, Thunder Force. Thunder Force is on Netflix, and I want to see that one too. It sounds familiar. Nine Perfect Strangers is like the newest hulu show and Mm -hmm. it has nicole kidman in it Mm -hmm. i've heard that one's good too and then they're rumored to be making small cameos in the upcoming thor love and thunder as well as the netflix comedy series god's favorite idiot so hmm? i'm god's favorite idiot i don't know it might be me well both of us we'll take it together (laughs) well i'll let you have it it's okay (laughs) (laughs) if you must i'm just kidding um, how fun would that be with your husband, though? Being able to, like, make cameos in movies. And... I would love that. So that was my dream was to go, well, not to be in movies, but I wanted to go be on Broadway. And I thought I would have this husband that would sing with me all the time. <laughs> and instead, I married the uh, pretty off-tune guy. He knows this. I love you, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, and Josh actually surprised me when we were dating he does sing he actually fun fact for our listeners this is my personal fun fact josh proposed to me by writing me a song and singing it to me in a park you know how jesse proposed to me oh no Um, i mean it's gonna be great i was really depressed i so we were in the living room of our house and he proposed you know what that's perfect for you guys though he had another plan. We were supposed to go to Murray Park, which is my favorite park. Oh. Um, but I was depressed. <laughs> so depression sucks. Oh yeah, it does. Josh once asked me when we were dating the two months that we were 
Okay, that's a lie. It was like a month. Wow. Oh, God. It was so bad. I don't know how we got so lucky. Anyhow, the month, month and a half. Well, I guess we had talked online for a month and then we met in person mm-hmm. and we dated in person for a month mm-hmm. and then we got engaged. So I guess it was technically two if you include the time we were talking. We were talking like every day. After a month, Jesse said he loved me. Josh said that after we met in person for like the second or third time. Wow. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) He totally said it first. And I felt like shit not being able to say it back. But then there was a part of me that's like, I don't want to say it unless I mean it. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I'm falling for you. I just don't feel confident enough to like say that I love you yet. Yeah. But it was like really cute to hear it. Yeah. I freaked him out because I, I, it took me like two to three seconds to really process it. And I was like, I love you too. <laughs> and I meant it. I had been thinking it too. I just wasn't going to be the first one to say it. That's hilarious. Oh, where were we? After a night of raucous drinking and partying, where Ashburn makes out with an old man, there's karaoke, dancing, Mullen gambles away Ashburn's jacket. Do you remember that? And her car. Well, she gave her car keys oh, willingly. Yeah. She she wakes up to realize that she has given her keys to one of the other bar patrons. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the guys that she was, that Mullins was gambling with. And he had just walked out the door, and she's like, oh, my gosh, go get him. So she walks out, and she's holding up her briefcase. She's like, oh, God, I feel like I've been hibernating. (laughs) And she's, like, so hungover. Oh, yeah. And they try to call him back, and he gets into the car, and as soon as the car door slams... I don't remember. The car blows up. Oh, yeah! It was crazy. I I was not expecting that. that. That was, like, a shocker to me. Yeah, I definitely didn't see it coming, too. But thinking about it now, it definitely makes sense that they would be coming after him. So Well, they've been stirring up a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. For these drug dealers. I mean, we didn't even mention when they, we first meet the DEA, they literally chased Sandra Bullock and McCarthy down. Literally. And then they both pull guns on each other. Yeah. Oh, craziness. So during the investigation of the explosion, Hale's tell, like, you know, Ashburn's boss, Hale, Tells him that Julian is escaped from custody, which I was like, wow, really? Convenient. Like, they have to have a mole in the FBI if he escapes from freaking custody. Yeah. And Mullins kind of is like, oh shit, they're going to go after my family because of Jason. Mm-hmm. Mullins calls the DAA and <laughs> the albino an albino rat. Oh god. <laughs> it's so bad, you guys. It's so bad. I shouldn't laugh. And Hale, the boss, warns them to get out of town. Which, at that point, I was like, is it... I think it might be Hale. You know yeah. what I mean? They realize that there's a mole in the FBI, and they decide that they can't trust them. Mm-hmm. So, they go and get Mullen's family and move them to a hotel, which is a feat because... Oh, because they all couldn't get into the car. Yeah, like, her family's crazy. Oh, yeah. So, they have, like, this horse of a dog that they, like, put in the car. And they're all, like, bickering. They're all bickering, and the mom is, like, trying to tell the neighbor, like, her new name because she's going to go, like, undercover, (laughs) like, into hiding and all this stuff. And then they had to go pick up the girlfriend, Gina. Gina. And And Gina's boobs. And Gina's boobs. There's a story behind that. We'll get to it. Um, but Gina was like, I need my suitcases. And, and then she forgets her curling iron. Has uh-huh. to go back in for that. And Mullins was like, yeah, fuck that. And she threw the su- suitcase and basically She's like, you don't get this now. And she like throws it into the bushes. Yeah. And then everybody gets out of the car. 
And then Mullins gets pissed and she pulls a gun out, her revolver out, and is yeah. pointing at her entire family and is like, get in the car! <laughs> so they all pile back into the car, they take him to a motel, mm-hmm. and they go out to eat that night. Mm-hmm. Mul- uh, Mullins and Ashburn. Yeah. Bullock's character hints that Jason should maybe like rejoin and be like an inside man. Yeah. And Mullins is pissed. And then a man at the restaurant starts choking. And uh, Dr. Oz's training came up. (laughs) And Ashburn is like, instead of doing the Heimlich maneuver, I'm going to do a tracheotomy. (laughs) An emergency tracheotomy. So she's asking for vodka. And Mullins is like, this is Denny's. She's like, hot water, hot water. This is the one part of the movie where I was like, oh, God, I cannot watch. Like, it's so cringy. Oh, I watched the entire thing. I, I am like, not a so blood bad. person. I am not a blood person. So she's, like, talking him through it. Uh-huh. And Mullins is, like, holding him down. And they, like, cut into his throat. Yeah. Except I think she missed. Oh, she misses. And there's, like, blood Everywhere. And so finally Mullins is like, this shit is so bad. And so she like puts her fists together in the air and she slams them down on his chest and a giant ass piece of pancake comes flying out Mm -hmm. and blood splatters all over them because Mm -hmm. he just, you know, spewed everywhere. Oh yeah. And then the ambulance comes and it's a guy that also plays in the office. (laughs) He's like, you are a danger to society. (laughs) Oh yeah. That paramedic was like, you don't know what you're doing. And Ashburn was like, you're not a doctor. (laughs) And he's like, neither are you. <laughs> and the FBI person, Levy, is like, you need to, like, keep your fingers out of people's throats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many jokes. At one point, at one point, I think, during all of it, when she's, like, cutting into him and trying to trach him with a straw, uh-huh. uh, she's like, oh, my God, there's so much blood. What am I doing? What am I doing? And <laughs> Mullins is like, stop crying. You did this. <laughs> So, Jason calls and admits that he's joined with the Larkin organization in an attempt to aid the case and is calling to give her a tip about a drug shipment coming into Boston Harbor. Yeah. Mullins is pissed, but the FBI ends up setting up a sting at the harbor to take down the shipment, but discovers that the ship that they've been waiting for is actually only a pleasure cruise ship and that Jason has been set up by Larkin, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. After the sting, Ashburn's looking for Mullins and another agent says that she's gone. And she asks him where, and he says, the hospital, some sort of family emergency. Yeah. And Ashburn's immediately like, oh, shit. Yeah. So she goes to the hospital. Mullins is pissed. Mm-hmm. She vows to bring down her brother's attacker, hold him to justice, and fires Ashburn as her partner. Yeah. Ashburn says, so I'm not your partner anymore? And she says, no, you're not. You're just another fucking disappointment. Which I'm like, oh. Like, my heart goes out to Mullins at that point. Well, it's also, it's kind of hard because it's not like Ashburn was really pushing it. Jason was like, here, take this information. Um, And Mullins was like, no, stop. And she was trying to hang up the phone. But Ashburn was like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, Mullins kind of wrestles it out of her, out of her grip, doesn't she? Mm -hmm. So, at this point, Ashburn's being sent back to New York. Hales is going to send her back, but before leaving, she overhears the DEA officers making fun of Mullins mm-hmm. on the way out. Do you remember this part? Yeah, I do. And um, this is where Ashburn kind of gets released, and she goes all out. 
on her mouth. Oh, yeah. Kill ya. Yeah, they had, they had kind of make a mention of that, and she was like, hey, up until this point, she'd kind of sweared, like, her swears were like, cheese and crackers, and like, oh, yeah, very Mormon swears. Pretty much, actually. Yeah. Like, I actually feel like there is a lot of people who swear like that because they think it's like kind of kind of cool well i would do it just because i i didn't want to say the actual word because everybody else wasn't swearing yeah no it's totally true totally true it's like i still bleep myself on the f word i know you said the f word a little while ago and i was like i know slow clap for alex yeah this is where ashburn is like Adam and I are going to be handpicking all the officers so we don't wind up with this. <laughs> hey, that's not right. That officer has more integrity, more commitment, more courage, and more gut than anybody in this room, myself included. God, you guys are just, what is, what is the matter with you? You're just such jerks. You're just such, you're just a shit jerk. You're just a shit jerk dick fucker. You're a shit jerk dick fucker, assholer. And you all can just go fuck yourselves. All you fuckers. <laughs> and then she drags her little fingers across the That's glass like- and she leaves. <laughs> I think like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little tipsy. Yeah. The finger, the middle fingers sliding down the glass with like the squeaking glass Oh, the squeaking completely made it. <laughs> oh my god, I died. I like, I laughed so long after that. And when I found the clip to insert in here, uh-huh. I laughed even harder. Oh, like it just like was the best part ever. <laughs> and then she pokes her head in. Not you, senor. Pardon. <laughs> and he's like, it's okay. They are all fuckers. <laughs> oh yeah. He doesn't say that, but it's implied. Um, Ashburn tracks Mullins down, who is kind of, she goes in to bust some drug lords, and then there's another guy that comes out and points it at Mullins, Mm -hmm. and Ashburn kind of jumps out and takes that guy down. Yeah. And the guy's all pissed, and he's like, who the fuck are you? And Ashburn replies, who, me and her? We're the fucking heat. Yeah. And so, obviously, that's the name of the movie. Mm -hmm. And they're, like, so badass together. They work so well with each other, even Mm -hmm. though they're total opposites. Oh, yeah. Kind of reminds me of me and my husband. (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We are very... Both of our relationships with our husbands are very similar. Our husbands are very similar. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, yeah. But also, I don't know. That's hilarious. Oh, there's another part where they go back in and they're busting another drug guy. And she kind of chews out the dog again for missing the drugs behind the poster. And he whines again. Oh, yeah. And then they end up eventually back at at, uh, Rojas' place. And there's a shit ton of drugs in his fridge. And he's like, oh, I just bought that fridge yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) They want information on where he's getting all these new drugs. Mm -hmm. And so they end up holding him over the railing. Oh, yeah. And they, like, go full out and bad cop interrogation and eventually they do get the info out of him it works and they try to lift him up over the railing but melissa mccarthy i her arms gave out and she couldn't lift him so they drop him tuck your head tuck your head for the extra body lie to me again i want to feel your body sliding through my delicate hands i don't know shit whoa i can't i can't hold you i don't want to die i don't want to die okay okay is that a warehouse get me out all right 
right, let's pull him up. Okay. No, wait, I'm not kidding anymore. Oh, really. I can't lift him up. What? I can't lift him. And I've only done this one other time, and it was a really tiny me, hooker. Lift my ass up! <sighs> you don't fucking put nobody over no ground. You can't fucking lift him up. Okay, okay. Just tuck your head and relax your body. Lady, what the fuck? Crack. Give me up. Give me up. Thank, thank you again. <laughs> He says all the drugs are coming from a warehouse where, where Larkin houses his operations. They drop him onto his new car on accident, and he's super pissed about that. And then they go and stock up on the weapons from Mullen's quote-unquote fridge. Fridge. With her sketchy sandwich. The cheese sandwich that she keeps offering. She's like, I have a leftover sandwich. Are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> and Ashburn's like, no, I'm pretty sure I would die from, like, anything in this apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Mullen's is like... What about this sentence isn't offensive? <laughs> After equipping themselves with assault weapons from Mullen's extensive personal arsenal, the two infiltrate the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And what do they find there? They find not Larkin, but the other guy. Julian. Julian. So first they spy the, they're smuggling the drugs by disguising mm-hmm. it in baby formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, despite taking out several of Larkin's men with the hand grenade. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a badass move. I think I think that's the... F- well, she says fuck there, too. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, everybody gets blown away. But they, they still end up getting captured and bound by Julian, who mm-hmm. says... This is a quote. I like cutting people up. It's kind of what I do. I've done this a lot of times, but you two are going to be the most fun. And yeah. there's something about that, like... It was cringy so bad like at one point he takes out this teeny tiny knife and talks about it being an oyster shucking knife yeah and then asks them if they have any oysters they need shucked i know i was like is that a window yep it is it totally is about like female circumcision i don't know what that is there's places in the world where for female torture they cut well they cut the clitoris Uh uh-huh they cut it off so that they can't that's feel that's so awful. It's horrible. So I like, I got the reference and mm-hmm. I cringed hardcore at that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, too far, too far. Yeah. He's kind of coming menacing up to the ladies. Yeah. And they're trying to like keep calm. They look way calmer than I would be. I would be like, ah! Mm-hmm. One of Julian's henchmen comes in and says that. Larkin's here. Yep. So he's like, okay. And so he goes up to Ashburn and asks her to hold his knife. Yeah. And then he stabs her. And that this was the hardest thing. With, In the leg. Oh! For me is because they go through the scene of Ashburn and Mullins trying to break out. And so Mullins t- takes the knife out of her. They like shimmy their chairs. Yeah. So that even though the hands are tied behind, she can grab it. Mm-hmm. And she takes the knife out to cut her ropes on her mm-hmm. hands. And she does cut the ropes. And then they hear someone coming. So she's like, I'm so sorry, Ashburn. I'm going to have to put it back in. And, and Ashburn's like, what? And that was awful. I was like, Ugh. well, so then she like stabs her once. Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, what are you doing? So she's like, I'm sorry. And she stabs her a second time and leaves it in that time. Yeah. Who comes around the corner? It is the DEA and they think they are about to be rescued. It's true. Oh, I forgot a small part. During that time, Ashburn starts kind of crying. She's like really emotional. Not really. She's crying in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And she shares that if they die, she wants Mullins to know that she's smart and intuitive and the best cop that she's ever worked with. Mm -hmm. And then she drops the bomb that she thinks that the Red Falls killers that she apprehended and that she's kind of been like talking up the whole time. Yeah. Is innocent. Yeah. 
That's kind of Ashburn's big thing in the beginning. And she's like, I caught the Red Falls killer. Well, joke's on her. She caught the wrong person. Because now she's realizing that maybe she was wrong. Mm -hmm. And that they need to reopen the case. And Mullins is like, what the hell? You're going to go to your grave with that? (laughs) Yeah, so DEA agents walk in. Craig, who is the albino, mm-hmm. I've only referred to him as the albino, just because that's the jokes like yeah. that she pulls, um, begins to untie Mullins first, but during this, there is some sort of conversation where it mm-hmm. kind of comes out that Jason is not dead. Yeah, that's when the other DEA Adam. is like, oh, well, thanks for telling me that, because I need to go finish this job. So he pulls a gun and he shoots... The albino. Uh-huh. The albino. are <laughs> you doing it? Oh, that's what they refer to him as. It is. All, like, that's all Mullen says. I didn't even know he had a name until I was researching. Same. So he ends up killing him. And then Ashburn and Mullins quickly uh, deduce that Adam is actually Larkin, who's mm-hmm. been working his own case from inside the DEA for months. Um, Julian re-enters... <laughs> And he's like, I heard shots. And then he looks around and he's like, aw, the albino. That guy was hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's instructed by Larkin, who is really Adam, Mm -hmm. to kill Ashburn Mullins while he goes to the hospital to finish Jason. Mm -hmm. So what happens after Larkin leaves? To be honest, I don't remember how they got out. Mullins, whose hands had already been untied, she was pretending, Mm -hmm. uh, manages to finish freeing herself, and Ashburn incapacitates Julian with a headbutt, remember, to the forehead? Oh, yeah, like Mullins had done earlier in the movie. Uh Uh-huh, and it is, like, rough. It's not a very good one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mullins then frees Ashburn in the two. (laughs) She's like, that was a real bad headbutt. She's like, you're going to be okay. And she's like, I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) But they end up racing to the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mullins rushes to find Jason and Ashburn, hindered by three stab wounds. Yeah. She can't even really get around, and then the nurse staff is, like, trying to help her, and she's like, get away, and pulls a gun on them. Uh-huh. Yep. So she kind of, like, she ends up trying to wheel around in the chair, mm-hmm. and then eventually she's like, I can't do this holding a gun with, like, trying to wheel one hand, like, back and forth. So she ends up just, like, flopping out and, like, crawling. Oh, yeah. Like, squeaking across the floor. <laughs> she definitely wormed it. Oh, for sure. Oh, I, I had marked down that one of my notes was that it was hilarious that she's trying to follow her into the hospital, but the sliding glass doors, because she's crawling across the ground, don't open. They don't see her. Yeah. So she has to throw her gun up and catch it in the other hand. That's impressive. In order to, like, have the doors open to get through, which mm-hmm. I thought was hilarious. So Mullins makes it to Jason's room first, obviously, only to find Jason lying peacefully, still in a coma. Mm-hmm. And then... Larkin slash Adam comes out from behind the door and knocks her in the head with the butt of his gun. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what happens next? Um, I'm pretty sure that's when he threatens to insert the air to kill him. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the like air in, if he was to in put it in the, the IV, in the IV, then it would go into his veins. But he just kind of like pokes it into his arm like didn't even aim at all it's not it's probably not into a vein i mean unless he can like x-ray vision people's veins Uh, that'd be pretty impressive he'd make a great doctor too bad he's a bad guy Mm. so ashburn who's having to crawl to a room then kind of comes up and is like it's okay i'm coming Mm -hmm. and so mullen stalls him enough Mm-hmm. And then Ashburn comes in and points the gun at him, and she's like, Don't move, or I'm gonna shoot! What happens? 
I don't know. It's been too long. <laughs> she shoots him in the dick. Oh, yeah. Twice. Well, you got a double tap. Double tap. Yes. I love the quote from Mullins where she's like, oh, you shot him in the dick twice. I only aim at it. I never actually do it. That's fucking crazy. And Ashburn's like, well, don't make me feel bad about it. <laughs> but it's obvious that she does. Mm-hmm. So Ashburn gives team effort credit to catching Larkin, uh, tells her boss that they need to reopen the Red Falls killer case, mm-hmm. which is actually a part that I really love. Like, I love that... You can tell her character development through mm-hmm. the movie where before she would have never even considered it, but yeah. now she's like, oh, I probably was a little overconfident and yeah. I need to go back and reopen it. And that I think that shows a lot about her mm-hmm. and being willing to like be honest with herself. I think she's also more willing to admit her faults now. It's true. Well, and Mullins, like, Mullins will call out if she's done something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think she's definitely a little bit more humble and realizes that it's a group effort and not just, like, an mm-hmm. Ashburn-only thing. Yeah. Ashburn then gets some googly eyes from, from Levy, mm-hmm. and Mullins says, I would look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, too. Seriously, though, he is an eyeful. They fix Ashburn's leg. Shannon Mullins gets recognized for outstanding service. Her family is there cheering her on, and her mom is kind enough to, like, wave. She waved, but she didn't look very happy to be there. You could tell she was still salty. She's still salty about it, but, I mean, she's at at least there. Mm -hmm. Mullins is given the Duncan Jesus painting. We didn't even talk about those. We didn't. However, I found... I'm going to post in the notes to the episode... Where you can look at these beautiful paintings. There's several of them. One of them is one that was commented at the Mullins house mm-hmm. during the, the knock. Yeah, it, I have the note I've, of what it was. I'm pretty sure it was that... No, I just put sports scene Jesus painting. I think it would be fun to go around to all of our Mormon neighbors and sell those to them. Oh my gosh, that would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> hey, Josh. Would you ever own a Jesus-themed sports painting? No. He says no. I wouldn't own a Jesus painting. Josh says Jesus riding a T-Rex, he would. Actually, that reminds me, poor Amelia, we showed her this like a year ago. Josh is laughing in the living room. We showed her this picture of Jesus riding a T-Rex. Oh, gosh. And even a couple weeks ago, she still remembers it. She's like... She's like, I want a Jesus writing a T-Rex t-shirt. <laughs> We're like, no, you can't have that at school. <laughs> the only acceptable Jesus picture, in my opinion, is Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Yes. <laughs> Another really, really great one. Chris Pratt holding... Oh my god, have you never seen that? No. I'm post. I'm going to have to post this in the notes, too, because this, this shit's hilarious. What? Is he holding a baby velociraptor? Yes, he's holding a baby velociraptor. Oh my god. Probably my favorite, like, inappropriate Jesus rendition. I mean, if you're gonna make Jesus white, he better look like Chris Pratt. Am I right? Or Ewan McGregor. You're right. Ewan McGregor is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Back on, back on track. We're gonna post that link to those, uh, those velvet Jesus paintings <laughs> because they're pretty great. So please check them out. Ashburn, she ends up requesting to stay at the FBI's Boston office, the field office there, mm-hmm. having developed a really strong friendship with Mullins. Mm-hmm. 
at one point in the movie, she says how lonely she is and how she she wishes she had, you know, female friends. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she'd been married for a while, even, I think. She says at one point. Mm-hmm. She was married for, like, six months, and then her husband at the time just thought she was spending too much time at work and didn't realize how yeah. important it was for her. And so she was like, well, if you can't support me, then it's not going to work. Yeah. Which... Maybe this is not a popular opinion, but, like, good for her. Good for her for, like, sticking. Like, I think we need more good, strong female roles Mm -hmm. that are okay standing for what they believe in. I also think it is important, though, not to go too crazy into your job. You have to... Agreed. You have to keep a good work-life balance. And at the time, that's probably what she needed. Obviously, she advanced super far in her field for what she did. But she probably went a little bit too crazy because obviously the cat couldn't even be your friend. The poor cat. She was stealing cats from her neighbor. Yeah. I don't know. I think sometimes we end up learning that at different points in our life we're ready for different things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we make decisions and we look back on them and wish we would have made something else. But it was actually the right timing for us. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of hard sometimes. Jason's shown having a full recovery from his gunshot. They pull him out of the medically induced coma. Ashburn gets sent a package to her new Boston FBI office, and inside it is, do you remember? It was the yearbook that Mullins had signed for Correct. And Mullins calls her and is like, hey, did you get my package? And she's like, oh yeah, I've been so busy, I didn't even open it, but Mm -hmm. it must be a day for gifts because I got one from your dad, too. Mm -hmm. And the dad had also given her Jesus portrait, (laughs) but it's the hockey one. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'd rather dunking Jesus. Dunking Jesus was pretty badass. So the box has a yearbook, and she signed the front. Do you remember what I said in the front? With some pretty terrible things about how shitty she was. <laughs> I think it says, fucking nerd. Yeah. And then it's signed Mullins. Yeah. And she's like, ha ha, so funny. And she's like, okay, yeah, but like now you got to turn to the back page. Yeah. So she writes in it twice, and in the back it says, do you remember? No. At some point they talk about how... She didn't really have a family. She was a foster kid. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. So she writes in it, foster kid, now you have a sister, Mullins. And she gets all quiet because she's kind of choked up. Mm-hmm. And Mullins says, don't make it weird. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I'll, I'll talk to you later, nerd. And she's like, it takes one to know one. And yeah. Mullins is like, you made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, happy ending, right? Yeah. But, I mean, this is a comedy. Mm-hmm. So, naturally, it can't end on a happy note. Yes. The last scene, I think, is, like, borderline one of the best. For sure. I, I definitely agree. So, it Mullins goes back to New York, and she takes the cat because she believes that it's Ashburn's cat. And she... She goes searching for this little yeah, thing. She, I mean, it's not little. It's big. It's a huge cat. Um, but she, she shows up with a box. Yeah. And Ashburn opens it. She's like, you brought me the cat. And she's being super weird and awkward about it. And Mullins looks at her and she's like, this isn't your cat, is it? She's like, it's my neighbor's. (laughs) And she's like, god damn it, put it back in the box. Put it in the box. I'm going to take it back. (laughs) And that's where it ends. Mm -hmm. So um, give me your overall thoughts of the movie. I really enjoyed it. I'm a comedy person, though, and I really enjoyed Sandra Bullock. I always have. I've known her from her PG-13 stuff. I haven't really known Melissa McCarthy. This was, like, my first thing besides Bridesmaids, where Bridesmaids, she wasn't a very big character. She was just kind of, like, there. And so this was, like, my first thing with her in it, and I really enjoyed it. I know. Me, too. I I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was witty. I thought it was funny. Mm -hmm. A little crass. Like, tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah, for sure. Which is another reference to the movie. 
the dead guy, they find his tongue in his butthole. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a tongue-in-cheek joke. I did not mean to say that. It just kind of came out, and then I realized that it actually was part of the movie, too. I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just everything that a comedy should be. And I love that it was female characters. Oh, yeah, for sure. I also very feminist. I liked for females to be in power. I think last episode, Josh and Ryan were talking about how there's, like, a lot of old, very, like, male-dominating presence Mm -hmm. in these, you know, action movies. And even though this is also a comedy, Mm -hmm. there is a lot of action, and these women are, like, badass. They stand their own. And that's that's how women are. Like, we, I think for a long time, we've kind of been swept under the rug, and Mm -hmm. especially Mormonism, made to feel less than we are. Oh, I think Mormonism literally subconsciously makes you hate other women. Oh, it does. I hated everybody. Yeah. It's, I hated myself, most of all, which is the saddest part. Well, yeah, that's what you're told. You're told you're never going to be perfect and that you're never going to be good enough, and so you have to keep working on it. Truth. You're not told to love yourself. I gave up all my dreams to have babies because that's what I was told to do. Fuck that. Truth. I mean, I love my children. It's, it's a hard reality when you realize that you gave your whole life to something that you don't believe in. Yeah. And that you actually feel is harmful and wrong, so... You get to make those choices yourself. Yes. Good for you. So, we gotta rate this thing. Golden no, 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 no. We're ne- we need to talk about Gina's boobs. Oh, so this is a really funny story. We had watched the show together. Mm-hmm. And the credits were going, and Marissa just paused it out of nowhere. And well, because we the credits kind of get loud, and my kids yeah. were sleeping upstairs, so I randomly just, like, paused it, and we're talking. Yeah, and so I was looking at the TV screen, and I was like, hold on a second. They had credited Gina, and they had credited Gina's boobs. Like, it's legitimately separate. And if you look this shit up on IMDb, it also credits them separately. It's, like, Gina and her character, and then Gina's boobs played by... And it's the same lady. I think her name was Jessica. Yeah, something like that. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. It's a joke they had made earlier in the movie when they are first talking about the family and the girlfriend because they're like, oh, yeah, she has a big shelf or whatever. (laughs) The dad's like... Your boobs out on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a terrible Bostonian accent, but I don't care. Yeah. I'm like three glasses in and feeling yeah. perfect. So I really enjoyed that little tidbit in the credits. Thank you for reminding me about that because yes. that is actually one thing that I did not write down. And I have a shit ton of notes. So. Yeah. Okay, you go first. Golden Idol rating. What's you going to rate this bad boy? I mean, bad woman. I have thought really hard and long about it. I was originally thinking like four, then I was like maybe 4.5, and because of that, I landed on 4.25. <laughs> yeah! That's a good rating. Yeah! That was real good. Okay, I actually was thinking about this too. I think my highest rating thus far on the podcast was a four. Mm-hmm. And I think I liked this one the best, actually. It's so good. Hopefully all the men out there, you watch this movie and you still think it's hilarious. And if you don't, then there's something wrong with you. I'm just kidding. But go educate yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Women are awesome. I don't know. I, I really I really enjoyed this. I just thought it was a really, really funny, witty mm-hmm. banter. And I think I'm going to give it a 4.5. I think oh! that's the highest rating I've ever given anything. Well, I, I also think it's hard to, like, justify a comedy as, like, the perfect 5 out of 5 movie, though, too. So I feel like a 4.5 is really, like, the highest you can get. I mean, it's pretty close to perfect. Yeah. I don't think I have really any complaints about this movie, besides the fact that, I don't know, it feels weird giving it a 5. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is with comedies, but I feel like you can't give them like, oh, that's a perfect movie. I don't know. This was pretty good though. I yeah. was I was actually really happy with it. I was really I really enjoyed it too. So we originally rented it, and then I went back and I I bought it. I I want to buy it. It's on my to buy list now. So, all right, guys, that is it for Marissa and Alex. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Any other uh, comments, Alex? No, just give this podcast a good review. It's pretty cool. I'm a big fan. I was salty. My husband came on first. She was salty that, that just came on first, but it's okay. I, th- I think ours is better. I think this is better than The Hangover. Oh, I didn't get to see The Hangover because I wasn't feeling well, but... The Hangover's, like, funny, but it's, like... Everything, like, I, I kind of interject a little bit because mm-hmm. Ryan kind of called me out on it. And there's a lot of, like, really just, like, excuse me, dumb humor in it. Oh, yeah. It, it was still funny. Like, I still probably would have given it, like, a four. Like, it was yeah. still really funny. But it's definitely kind of like that cliche men do stupid shit thing. Yeah. Where I felt like the heat was more, there's some tropes, like, you know, her maybe not being the smartest in like certain aspects like she's very intelligent as an fbi agent ashburn Mm -hmm. is but then there's other points where she kind of seems like a little ditzy yeah but overall like it has a good plot you know Mm -hmm. you can see character development like it is fucking hilarious i'm sorry like i i thought it was amazing oh yeah for sure so that's why i rated it higher than i probably would have rated hangover if i had been on it so Mm -hmm. i mean it definitely is i think a little bit more intelligent humor i yeah i definitely think this one requires a little bit more thinking while hangover you can literally just watch and i feel like it wouldn't need your full attention because you never really know what's going on until the very end yeah also there's no ken jong penis so it's like half a second (laughs) i'd rather the boobs anyways (laughs) (laughs) yeah you would anyhow end there I think that's it for us. Okay, we'll pick back up next week where the boys are going to be reviewing Pulp Fiction. Thanks for letting me hijack. See y'all next time. Bye.